0: Welcome to Deeply Rooted Online, where women encourage women by sharing scripture and stories of God at work.
1: Welcome back, ladies. We're here for another podcast with our our lovely friends here. Um, Would you like to say hello and introduce
0: yourselves? Hi, I'm Martha, and uh, so glad to be here
1: today.
2: And I'm Val Forbes, and again, I love these discussions and this
3: engagement, and I'm glad you can join us. And I'm Esther Jennings, also really excited
1: to be here and uh, once again to be into God's Word. Mm -hmm. And I'm Carrie Fellows. I'm just going to let Val take the floor. She's got an interesting topic today, very obscure. I was kind of like, who? (laughs) Stay tuned. You'll find out. It's so true. I actually love the little characters
2: of God in God's work. Um, you know, we know these big, huge giants of Paul and John and Peter and Elijah and Abraham. And sometimes it's a little overwhelming. And I was like, I can never measure up to that. So there are far more, by the way, tiny characters in the Bible that I think that we can relate to a little easier because they're little. And so this particular one, Actually, saddens me, to tell you the truth. Um, so you're going to hear the end of the story first, and it's in 2 Timothy. So in Timothy, uh, the, le- the two letters to Timothy are written when Paul is in prison. Of course, he's almost always in prison. And, uh, but this is a different time. This time, he's waiting execution. So he's at the end of his life, and he writes wonderful words in Timothy, and then he always mentions, Paul never made it about himself. As big as we picture him as this, you know, stalwart, uh, defender of the faith, he never, ever puts himself up on a pedestal. And he mentions, more than anyone else in the Bible, the little characters. Mm-hmm. Give thanks to so-and-so. Greetings to so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like honorable mentions. It's wonderful. And so in this particular one, he mentions somebody um, that actually comes up Three times in the Bible, in the Testament. So Second Timothy 4, and he's at the end of his life, remember, and he's in prison, and he says this in verse 9. He's writing to Timothy, Do your best to come to me soon, for Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. And then he mentions everyone else, and all he says is, Luke alone is with me. Who on earth is Demas? (laughs) You're going to tell us, well, I I am, I am, because I I didn't bring it today, but I love my Thompson Chain Bible. So a Thompson Chain, any kind of concordance type of Bible or a chain reference Bible lets you dig through when something's mentioned, it's going to mention all the times that's mentioned. And you can do these little Bible studies from it. Okay, sorry, I might be weird. I've read encyclopedias as a kid. I love that kind of thing. So I went... I'm looking up Demas. And so Demas is found in Colossians. And uh, in Colossians, it says that Luke, the great physician, greets you, as does Demas. Luke. You know, the one who wrote Luke and wrote Acts. Mm-hmm. He and Demas, best buds. Okay. Like, he's mentioned them in the same breath. Goes on. In Philemon, verse 24, no chapter. I mean, Philemon is one of those ones that, you know, you blink and you missed it. It's one page, it's one chapter, but he's mentioned again. And it says, again, Luke and Demas, my fellow laborers. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're a laborer of Paul, you've signed up for something big. This is not greeting at Walmart. This is, hey, you might be on a shipwreck with me. Oh, you might get beaten. You might be put in jail. You know, we are talking, you're going to be for sure, if you was today, canceled on all social media because, boy, are you saying something that goes against what's going on out there. You are signing up for a, a, a time of hardship. Okay. So Demas is there. He's in that inner circle with Paul. But what happened? What on earth happened to lead to, for Demas, in love with this present world, has Deserted me and gone to Thessalonica, and that's important because Thessalonica. I did another little research project. It's in present um, world Greece. That's where Thessalonica is, and so he's gone back to the center. It's like you know, I'm just going to go right to Trump and all that nightlife, and I'm back there. And I think, what on earth brought him to that? Mm. You know, I can only imagine that because uh, I'm not trying to you know smear Demas with this you silly you know fellow laborer, yeah, right, Um, I'm going to say that there were probably hardship upon hardship, there was probably maybe a little envy that my life is so hard and yours isn't, maybe a little bitterness, why, why, Lord, why is this always happening, why am I on another shipwreck or whatever it would have been with Paul, and so these things pile up, and you start to look at the world, you know, kind of like the... Uh, Lot's wife, you know, looking back, he's kind of like, it was kind of good back there. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's what kind of aided him. Mm -hmm. He was fine, by the way, ladies, with hardship. It was the hopelessness that I think did him in. Mm -hmm. The hope, No longer is an angel going to come and and get Paul out of prison. No longer is there going to be, you know, uh, some great earthquake that's going to make the chains fall off. This is it. Mm -hmm. Paul says that. Paul actually says that. He says, I'm going to be poured out as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. How sad. And yet, and yet I'm not going to end it there. I'm going to let you know that that's the world. Like we, we'll do this. We'll often go ahead and kind of look this way. Don't be demons. I'm going to encourage the listeners. The other side is what Paul did. Paul responded. So yes, he's deserted. And he's probably feeling that desertion. This is a good friend. But here's what he says in verse 17, 2 Timothy 4. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. That is where Paul found his source of comfort and courage was in that verse. He knew where he was meant to be. And I'm just going to throw it out to you ladies because I'm sure we know Demas's, we know Pauls, and maybe we were a Demas in a certain situation. Mm -hmm.
3: Handing it over to you. I just feel... As I read this passage, I felt the pain in Paul's voice. Um, He's, remember, he's in prison. He's been deserted by everybody that was his fellow worker. And then he, the real kicker for him was that Demas actually abandoned his faith. He has turned to things of the world and I got thinking about how the enemy is so busy he is so busy doing things in our hearts and in our world but busy in our hearts where he he'll throw a, a lure just like we do when we go fishing and what do we do when we fish we put something really pretty on the end of a line and we put something delicious also on there for the fish and hidden in the deliciousness isn't the hook and the hook once it's embedded in the fish's mouth is pretty near impossible for him to get away from. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like the devil is not really all that blatant in his attempts. He comes at us in Mm -hmm. a very insidious way and he'll say, you know what? It's so much more comfortable over here, Davis. So much easier than that life with Paul. Do you really want it? Are you, are you really that sold out for it? And he hooks us in, and he reels us in, and then we're stuck. And so, you know, I just, I feel like it's very easy for us to get caught in that trap. Yeah. 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 Almost like what
2: Satan did right at the very, very beginning, said to Eve, did God really say that?" You know, he just puts, like you said, these little things Mm -hmm. to look for the hook to go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Martha, what do you think?
0: Yeah, it reminds me of Jesus' parable of the sower. Mm, you know, he yeah. said there are four responses to the gospel. And there's that one response where it comes up and looks great, yeah. and yet it doesn't have a root. Yeah. And I mean, we can't judge whether Demas truly knew the Lord or didn't or what. Correct. But I do think there's in us the ability to, or the, the temptation, I should say, to... Be all enthusiastic about Jesus, you know. You start out strong, and then a trial comes up, whether it's just the fact that I've been doing this for a long time, you know, and I'm getting weary of that, or something attracts me, as you say, Esther. Satan uses all different things Mm -hmm. and says, you know, wouldn't it be better if you just walked away? Mm. And so Jesus tells us that there are going to be people like that. But I think the real point of the parable, as you were trying to bring out, is it's we don't have to be like demons. No. We can be like the, the seed that falls in good soil if we keep our root in, in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm reading
3: this book. It's called Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands by Paul Tripp. And uh, I just want to read a little quote that has really resonated with me. Um, he says, we tend to be short sighted and self absorbed. We forget that God's primary goal is not changing our situations and relationships so that we can be happy, but changing us through our situations and relationships so that we will be holy. Mm. And I just thought, wow, yeah. you know, and isn't that the way with the enemy's lures, mm-hmm. where it's so much easier to go with the flow than to swim upstream? And we're talking about, even in our world, like moral purity, um, ethics in business, um, not getting involved in things at work, perhaps, that are divisive. Um, There's so many examples that the enemy tries to draw us away Mm -hmm. with, and it's just so
1: much easier to just go with the flow. There's a lot of noise out there right now, um, mm-hmm. just the, the season that we're in. And I think we can get pulled in different ways and through different paths. But I think the message here, I mean, is that ultimately Paul is in the most dire straits of any strait you can be in. Mm-hmm. And he still turns to the Lord yes. at the end of the day. Amen. Now you have a takeaway, don't I, I do, I do, because I, I don't
2: want to focus too much on Demas. Like that's that's the negative side and, and but hopefully it convicts us we could so easily become that. But when we are like Paul, it says, But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. And I wanna take you back to um I think it's Acts seven. And there is the first martyr is Stephen. And when Stephen is being stoned or being ready to be stoned, he looks up, he has a vision, and he says, I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And this absolutely blasphemy to them, and they race at him to to stone him. But first, they throw their cloaks at the feet of a young man named Saul. Saul saw this, was enraged in his self-righteousness back then, and he went out with zeal and really persecuted the Christian, dragged them out of their homes to be killed until, but God, right? I love that, but God. And God transforms a young man named Saul, turns him into the Apostle Paul. And now here he is, end of his life, that he can say, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. Hmm. And that's the takeaway, ladies, that you, no matter what you're going through, don't forget Turn to the Lord. He is standing by you, ready to strengthen you.
1: Amen. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Martha, Belle, Esther. Um, It's been an awesome subject. And thanks for uncovering the little guys in the Bible. (laughs) Stay deeply rooted till next time.
0: Thanks for joining us at Deeply Rooted today. If God has been speaking to you and you want to connect with someone for prayer, email us at deeplyrooted at myharvestchurch.ca. Be sure to subscribe to this channel to receive notifications when new content is released. And finally, let's stay connected with one another and deeply rooted in Christ.